Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here are your co-hosts, Shenandoah Connor and Barron's Hall of Fame top advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Well, welcome everyone to today's podcast. We are so excited that you joined us. We have a wonderful guest today. Very excited about our guest today. Lots to learn. I am going to toss it over to John to introduce him though, because he has a very close connection to our guest today. Thanks, Shenandoah. I am super excited, uh, super duper excited, in fact, to have uh, Dr. Bill Cates, not a real doctor, but the referral doctor with us today. So um, for many of you listening in, um, you've probably know of Bill, uh, maybe gone through his training, heard him speak at a conference. Um, in my opinion, a bit of a, uh, an icon in the industry and has been helping advisors build their practices and a, kind of a referral-based business for years and years. And um, I'm really uh, excited to have Bill here. He's become uh, not just a mentor to me and to my team, uh, within my own personal planning practice, uh, but a friend as well. So I'm super excited to have him here. Um, just a, a little, what I'll call shameless selling. I know Bill doesn't necessarily uh, like to necessarily sell himself. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to be a bit braggadocious, but um, Bill has had a tremendous impact uh, on myself and the advisors on my team to really build uh, more of a referral-based culture. So you know, with that, um, I wanted to thank you, Bill, for being here today, and uh, maybe you could just say a quick hello to the audience, and uh, Shenandoah and I will, will kind of do our thing together. Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate that. In case anybody misheard you, uh, it's Bill Cates with a C, not Bill Gates. So, uh, <laughs> not that, <I> did, Bill. <laughs> yeah, all right, so, my, all right, so here's the deal. Bill Gates has a lot of money. I'm going to help you make a lot of money. How's that sound? <laughs> I like that. That's a great bumper sticker line right there. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I really appreciate having you and I think we're going to learn a lot today. I'm very excited. Um, I know that um, asking for referrals and getting referrals is a integral part of a financial advisor practice, but it's one of those things that a lot of advisors get wrong. Um, I want to start off by telling us what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen advisors make with getting referrals? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I guess the most obvious one is not asking. Um, and yet, you know, there's a lot of consultants, you know, gurus, whatever words you want to call out there in the financial service industry that even say, don't ask for introductions, for referrals. And uh, that, that's hogwash. We, we know you can ask as long as you do it in the right way. I think they're just projecting their own fear onto, onto other people. Uh, yeah, there is a right way to do it. We can get into that if you want. Uh, is a way that's going to work well and, and preserve and, and, in fact, even strengthen the relationship uh, to this. So that's, that's a big one. I think another one is not being clear and therefore not educating clients on, uh, clients on who they serve the best, who they're trying to serve. So a lot of uh, advisors get the wrong kind of referrals. They uh, add, add a mistaken sense of obligation to the referral source, will take on a client that isn't a good match for them, but they feel like they have to do it because they were, they were referred by a good client. And, and the truth is you don't have to do that. And we can talk about that as well. 
So those are a couple of the mistakes. Uh, early on, when I first got started in this business 25 years ago, I found that a lot of advisors weren't as referable as they needed to be in the first place. And so they weren't successful getting referrals. Um, how do you know you're referable? Well, uh, one barometer of that is that you're getting referrals, or I should say introductions, without asking, right? Everybody, you, me, everyone listening, anyone in business should be getting introductions without asking. That's kind of a barometer of the, the great service, the great relationships we have. And so uh, some folks aren't as referable as they need to be. So that's, that's a few of the items. No, that's a great list. And like you said, there's there's so many things we could dive deeper into. Um, but one thing you mentioned, and, and hopefully we can touch on all of these, but I was talking sure. about making sure you're getting the right referrals. And I know this ties into a, a phrase that you've been um, using lately, and actually you just wrote a book about, about radical relevance. So in terms of getting referrals, you first have to get clear about what's a good referral for you. So can you talk a little bit more about you know what is radical, radical relevance and um, what that means for advisors? <clears throat> Yeah, so I wrote Radical Relevance. Uh, really, this, the, the subtitle kind of says it all. It's sharpen your marketing message, cut to the noise, win more ideal clients. So let's break that down a little bit. Uh, we know that people are inundated by marketing messages, so it's hard to get our message through. Um, now, the fastest way to relevance, by the way, with a prospect, with someone who doesn't know you, is an introduction from someone they do know. So that borrowed trust will create that almost instant relevance if you handle it properly. But beyond that, um, it's hard to get the message through. And, and sometimes if we're not delivering the exact right message for the right person at the right time, this is all about relevance, it's all about context, then you know, someone we're introduced to may not follow up with that. Or you, know, you have a prospect that seemed interested, but then they go radio silent. Why? Because your message wasn't as relevant and compelling as perhaps it could have been. Uh, and then attract more ideal clients. And I use the word ideal clients because uh, that's, that's what's in the brain of people who might uh, be interested in a book. But in the book, I introduced the concept I call right fit client, which is even better than an ideal client. If, if you think about the clients you want to clone, right? we talk about multiplying your best clients, the ones you really want, uh, and whatever those attributes are, it could be demographic, it could be psychographic, uh, you know, probably a few people come to mind right away. And my, one of my assistants describes them as your business soulmate. Well, that might be a little far, but nonetheless, being clear. And so, first of all, for you to get introduced to the right people, you do have to be clear on what that is. And my, my little mantra that I go by is uh, clear intentions produce clear results. Vague intentions produce vague results. And most folks, unfortunately, uh, not just financial advisors, but a lot of business people, they walk around with kind of a vague notion of who they want, a sense of who they want, but it's not always crystal clear. And therefore, people on their team also aren't as clear. And so one of the things we want to do for, for uh, teams, group practices, is get everybody aligned in the same direction. And you could have different members of that team looking for different types of right fit clients. That's possible as well. And you know, your first line of defense and not getting referred to the wrong people is, is being clear and then teaching folks um, about that. And, and notice I say not who you're looking for so much as who, who your best 
uh, who your process is best suited for, who you serve the best. We try to make it more, a little more client focused, who we serve the best, who our processes are geared towards versus, you know, I'm trying to build my business. Here's who I'm looking for. feels a little more predatory. And so we want to make it as, as client focused as, as possible. So many good nuggets there, Bill. A um, lot, of, lot of things bouncing around my brain as usual. You know, one of the things that as I think about the work that you've done inside my practice and, um, and the results have been amazing. Um, sometimes when you bring a profit in from another land, right, it just seems to work better. Um, so just a couple, couple of things, I'll probably hit you with probably two or three questions like I usually sure. do in here. Yep. Um, you know, so, one of the things that I'm thinking about as, as you're speaking, I'm just going to tell a, a quick story and maybe you could talk to it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I had Bill at an offsite uh, some time ago to talk to a group of, of advisors on my team. And, um, you know, one of the things that I realized when Bill was talking was that advisors many times don't believe that they're actually worthy of referrals and introductions from their clients. And, you know, Bill and I joke about this now, but um, I kind of reference when Bill, when I was introducing Bill, I told my group of advisors, I said, do you think that Bill Cates thinks he's the shit? And I, yep, I, I guess I could say that on my own podca- podcast, I hope. Yeah, you're I'm not filtering you, no. Nope. Okay, so um, I, I said the S word, my wife wouldn't be proud, but I did. Um, <laughs> And everybody got a good laugh at it. Um, but the reality of it is, is most very successful people have an inner confidence and they actually believe that they are the shit and they believe that they provide value to the end user, whatever the business may be. Uh, in our case, as financial advisors, it's the value that we provide through financial planning and asset management advice. In Bill's case, it might be or it is helping advisors create a process and a system that's been proven and tested to drive more referrals. So I wanted to just kind of throw that back to you, Bill, um, because when we're thinking about the attributes that, you know, advisors sometimes make a mistake of, what is it about that confidence or how does an advisor ultimately gain that confidence so they really start to believe that they're worthy of introductions from their clients and, and centers of influence. Yeah, it's, it's a very important point because um, kind, of, kind of along with that, a, a lot of people believe that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Uh, and of course, any psychologist will tell you that asking for help is a sign of strength. And in this case, we're actually asking for help to help others. So all, everything we're talking about here has to come from that place of believing in the value that you bring right? It's all about that. And uh, I think most advisors somewhere along the line have this realization, they have this aha experience, and they realize, wow, this really is important work that I'm doing for people, right? At first, you don't really know. You know, you're just doing what what your manager told you to do, etc. And then somewhere along the line, now some people get into the business because they've had a bad experience and and, and they're drawn to this business to help other people not have that bad experience. But we, we teach a couple of things that will help any advisor who isn't feeling that extreme confidence around this. And it's not arrogance, right? It's confidence. It's, there's a difference. 
because confidence is, is more, is almost more client focused, right? We're confident that we can bring work to people, not work, but good work, you know, value to people. Arrogance is more about us, right? They need to hear from me, <laughs> right? So it's a slight difference. But um, so we teach a couple of things. One is we teach what we call a value recognizing statements. And what I mean by that is your clients are saying things to you uh, that if you pay attention, you will realize you really are bringing value. They're saying thank you for explaining that, how that worked. They're saying, you know, we always feel better after we talk. Came in feeling a little anxious. I feel so much better. Weight lifted off my shoulder. Now that I have a plan in place, that clarity has given me, you know, all these things you hear, right? You get a hug from a client, not in the pandemic, right? You get a hug. Well, that's, that, that's a sign of, uh, of great confidence uh, and, and appreciation. So we want to pay attention to those things. And, and we realize uh, that we are providing great value. In our, and, and maybe not what we think, but it's how our clients perceive it. You know, referrals without asking, introductions, unsolicited. That obviously somebody thinks your values worth sharing, right? Uh, and then we, in, in our asking, we teach a, a process we call the value discussion. And that's a purposeful check-in to make sure that expectations are being met, that the communication is where it needs to be, et cetera, and that the clients indeed are seeing the value. So there's a lot of things built in. So anyone who's not sure and not sure about bringing their value to others, usually that'll get handled pretty well. Uh, but you gotta get past that for sure. I, I remember doing a live session, this was years ago, and it was in Omaha, in fact, and I'll never forget the room, it was like amphitheater, and one of the, you know, I said, you know, you deserve to get referrals. And one of the advisors in the room started kind of, you know, he took issue with that. What do you mean I deserve to get referrals? well, you do great work for people, don't you? I mean, the work you do is important, isn't it? Well, yeah. Are some people referring? He had this issue with like, you know, he didn't deserve it. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, no wonder he's kind of in the middle of the pack. <laughs> and no wonder he's not being as proactive, you know, with, with bringing in more business as he could be. So anyway, that's a, it's a great question. Thank you. No, that's great. I've been taking notes pretty furiously over here as we've been talking. I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> okay, that's oh, allowed. Great. I hope others are too. <laughs> yep. oh, great, great, great nuggets in there, Bill. You know, um, Shannon Doe and I had um, Ray Kelly, who I think you've met too, Bill, and, yeah. and so, um, who does a lot of leadership coaching. And mm -hmm. you know, he, he talks a lot about, to go back to one of the things that you say, that if you ask the average person, and I'll ask the audience, right, kind of answer it in your brain before I give you the answer, would you rather give help or would you rather ask for help, right? Would you rather help someone or would you rather actually ask someone for help? And 90% plus of people would rather give help than actually ask for help. So I think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Bill, was that advisors sometimes are afraid to ask their clients for help. It kind of seems like it's weakness almost, right? Yeah, um, it, it is, yeah. But, but yet human beings, that, that they, they wanna help. Human beings by nature wanna actually do that. You know, Bill, I don't want you to give away too much of the secret sauce, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pry a little. You started <laughs> to talk a little bit about the values discussion, which um, I think is a, a very key element. And um, you know, I I love taking really complex things, right, and making them simple. So mm -hmm. when when you think about it, kind of in simple terms, as you think about where you're trying to help advisors take their prospect 
maybe you could just kind of walk through procedurally kind of what it is where you try to help advisors do to get the desired end result. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Actually, I'll sum it up in, in, in three words, really, three strategies uh, that if anybody really in, in, embraces this and does it, uh, it, it could change the, direct, the trajectory of your business uh, forever. And so the first, the first word strategy is empathy. I'm sorry, not empathy. I'm, I was thinking of something else. Engagement, an E word. But what I mean by that is there's the studies have shown that there's actually a, a, a low correlation between client satisfaction and the giving of referrals, making introductions. And uh, so we have to create engaged clients. And so the pieces that I teach around engaged clients, all about uh, making sure people have a, a value connection with you, they appreciate the value, and then also that personal connection. Uh, both of those are very, very important in becoming referrable. Uh, during the prospect experience, right? Just the, 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 the courtship, trying to figure out if it's the right match. During the onboarding process, when you're onboarding a new client into your, into your business, and then the ongoing client service promise, making sure that that engagement is addressed the, the entire time. And then once that is, and you're becoming referable, then we think in terms of leverage. Leverage, there's two ways to leverage. One is to promote introductions. There's lots of different ways to promote the possibility without asking. This is how you increase unsolicited referrals or introductions. And the other is the ask. Uh, how to do that without begging, without pushing. I often say without looking like an over-aggressive life insurance agent. And I work with life insurance agents and I tell them that some of those old methodologies have polluted the waters for us, right? We don't wanna look like that. Uh, the problem is we err too far on the other side and don't do anything at all. Uh, and then the third word and strategy is connection, right? These days, you, you've heard me use the word referrals and introductions a little interchangeably. Uh, really, when you're in front of a client or a prospect or a center of influence, you want to use the word introductions. You want to use the word that represents what you want, which is a connection. You got to get connected. You know, the old refer lead call George, use my name. It just doesn't work very well anymore. George doesn't pick up his phone. You're not in his cell phone. He doesn't know why you're calling, doesn't know why his friend gave your name out. Now you can't do that. You got to get connected. We teach different ways to get connected with emails and texts and all kinds of ways to get connected, but you got to make sure you do that. And then when you do get a great connection that's done well, uh, you're already beginning the engagement process with that new prospect. The right type of introduction will actually begin the engagement process from the very beginning, that value and personal connection. And then you can create a continual flow of good quality clients coming your way with engagement, leverage, and connection. So that's, that's the basic process that we teach. There's a lot of nuance, a lot of tactics to it, but that's, that's the essence. Love it. It's, uh, it's simple when you hear you say it. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? It's, uh, it's amazing to me when you, when you just step back for a minute, right, and you just think about how to build a business, we all work so hard with our seminar programs and our mm -hmm. social media and events and, you know, mm -hmm. big part of my business is centers of influence and yep. et cetera. And the reality of it is, is the most profitable way to grow your client base and most least time consuming is just building that relationship with clients and showing them that value and having a system and process in place 
to yep. actually get introductions, as you call it, Bill. So some of the words you use, interestingly enough, I've learned this over the years of knowing you and working together is um, these little play on words, the difference between the word introduction and referral, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. These little things, when you kind of listen to your material over and over, you mm -hmm. start to see these little kind of subtleties that really have a big impact in shaping the way uh, people think for sure. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. I uh, used to run a boot camp uh, where people would come in to uh, to sit with me, and we we do all that. I haven't done one in a while, but I remember there was a guy. It wasn't uh, built like burpees and uh, push-ups and sit-ups. <laughs> no, not that kind of boot camp, <laughs> uh, referral boot camp. But we um, there was this guy there, and and we were talking about why people were there and, and all that sort of stuff. And he said that. Um, he'd been doing a lot of seminars and still does some and, and, and I'm not going to say don't do those. There's a way to work referrals into that. I mean, don't do, you know, I'm not saying don't do social media. Uh, but first of all, how, how would someone prefer to meet you? Well, there's been a lot of studies that show that they prefer to meet you through a recommendation from someone else. They already trust a client centered influence like you do, but back to this guy. So he was doing a lot of seminars and he, and he took an inventory of, of his clients and he realized that the seminar stuff he was doing was mostly producing B-level clients. Very few A-level clients came from the seminars. When he looked at who are A, A-plus clients was, were, they were coming from the referrals. And that's where he decided he needed to double down on this referral introduction process, not give up what was working, at least for a while, uh, not give it up, but eventually maybe, you know, move over to, to the most cost-effective, time-effective way and the people, the way people prefer to meet you. And, and John, you, you know, you, you, you have cracked the code around introductions from centers of influence. And I have a, you know, incredible amount of respect for that because, um, you know, very few people have done that. And, and, and that counts. I mean, that's definitely a great way to build a business. Uh, you know, if you, if you crack that code with centers of influence, you know, maybe you don't have to ask referrals, but you do have to pursue those centers of influence and you do have to nurture those relationships. So, yeah, no, and th thanks for the kind words. The, uh, you know, the interesting part, Bill, is um, I'm seeing it with my team here as we're really kind of executing on your program mm -hmm. is, and you, you referenced this before, when introductions and referrals are just simply part of your DNA and your process mm -hmm. and you believe mm -hmm. you deserve them, we are getting more referrals and introductions from our new prospects coming in than we actually are from some of our, our clients who have been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting when you put it in front of people the right way and you let them know that you want to help more people and that's why you exist and you have an actual process in place. So we're able to double down. We do bring on a lot of clients in our practice through CPA introductions. Um, but now what's starting to happen is those introductions to those clients are multiplying much more quickly because mm -hmm. we're implementing your actual process, which makes it, um, you know, as we like to say, you know, Shen, a very quantum growth activity. Right. right. Well, and one thing too, kind of along those lines is this is all happening despite the challenges of the pandemic. And mm -hmm. um, I know you mentioned that kind of in the beginning a little bit, uh, you know, that that has changed some of how we do business and some of how we work. 
Um, but some advisors, and I think I saw you actually say something about this on LinkedIn, some advisors are not understanding how can I get referrals or ask for referrals in a virtual world, but there are a lot of ways to go about that. And I don't know if you want to touch on that, you know, how, how can they still do this no matter what's happening in the marketplace? Yeah, and it, it, it has changed a little, but not a lot. Uh, mostly what's changed is just what's in the heads of, of advisors and what they think is possible. <laughs> Uh, which is normally the case for all of us, right? Uh, so th th what has changed a little bit is that the meetings aren't often as long, especially if you're doing Zoom or phone, right? So uh, sometimes we don't have quite the same amount of time. And so the time has to be managed carefully. We want to make sure we work from an agenda and manage the time uh, properly. Um, and then also when we're not in person with someone, we can't always, even if we're on Zoom, we can't always feel or detect the body language shift, right? If somebody maybe doesn't wanna do this. So <clears throat> we found that the best way to ask for introductions, and this is really true even if you are in person, but has become more important in the virtual world is to come very specific with, uh, you know, with what I call the bullseye. And I know John's team or they're doing these role plays and stuff. And, and they're calling them bullseye referrals, right? They're, they're, they're coming prepared. So it's about coming prepared. And the bullseye is specific people that you know that referral source knows, be it a prospect, client, center of influence. You know they know people, right? Because in, in, in you're getting to know them. You've discovered people affected by their financial decisions, people whose financial decisions they respect, uh, you know, just, just lots of people in their life just being curious. And when you can come to the requests with a specific person or a few specific people, that's gonna work best in the virtual world. And plus you're gonna be more confident, your client's gonna be more receptive to that. You know, John, last time we talked, you mentioned your sister and brother-in-law and you told me they were busy and successful. And I, and I know whenever I hear busy and successful, I think, you know, have they taken the time to do this important work and have the kind of important conversations that we've had? Because a lot of busy, successful people don't. They're smart, they, they know they should, but they put it off. So could we talk about how you might introduce me to them? I wanna make sure it feels comfortable for everybody. And, and so that's it. I mean, you can do that on the phone, you can do that in person. Theoretically, you could do it with an email. I, I don't generally recommend that unless you have a really super good relationship with those folks and maybe you talked to them on, you know, in person or on the phone recently. But that, that's what's changed a little bit around this. And what's also changed is you know, we, we, everyone knows here that getting introduced in person is a great way to get introduced, right? That's probably the highest form. And when you can make that happen, happen you know, easily when the logistics work well, so you don't lose the enthusiasm of, of the willingness to give the introduction, then that's great, whether it's over a meal or drinks or around the golf or any kind of a client appreciation event that you may put on, all of that's great when you can make that happen. Well, not right now in the pandemic for most advisors around the country, they're not doing that. And so that's where that, the email introduction, I call it an email handshake, uh, that's where that becomes really the best way to get introduced during the pandemic. Uh, so those are, the, those are the slight shifts, the slight variations. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. You know, create a value connection, create a personal connection, and bring your value to other people. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Bill, in, in um, talking to a lot of advisors, I feel like so many advisors, as we've kind of, you know, in here through COVID um, are just building 
deeper, more meaningful relationships with sure. their clients. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, and, and folks seem to be a lot more kind of open to helping others as the whole kind of country yes. is yeah, you know, suffering through financial issues and things. So I think the timing is really good, which is why we wanted to have you on uh, now as well. And, you know, I would also just share as Bill did that little role play before, if I was the audience, I'd go back to his role play. He's a pretty smooth operator. And I would, I would record that 10 seconds or 15 seconds. Um, Cause what I noticed, and this is what, um, what we've, we've gotten pretty good at in our practice. Uh, and we help advisors get pretty good at is if you just listen to how Bill said it, he was just smooth and he wasn't begging or being salesy. He really just believes that he can be a value to my, I forget if he said brother and sister-in-law or sister and brother-in-law in the role play. And um, when it comes off that way and it can roll off your tongue, um, it's really, really effective. And one of the things, if you were listening closely that Bill had said was, he's been part of some of my team's role plays, right? So, you know, the old saying, practice makes permanent, right? You gotta get comfortable saying it. Why do most advisors not ask for referrals? Because you choose between comfort and discomfort and everybody chooses comfort. It's uncomfortable for most of us to ask. And the only way to actually get good at it, and I wanna be really direct on this, is to have a program. I think Bill's is as good as it gets, that actually teaches you how to do it in a non-threatening way and then practice like crazy so you can deliver it with your own style over and over and over again to the point where your clients start to just go, I know what you're about to ask me, John, so here's a name, right? Eventually, you kind of start to wear them down a little bit in a good way because they know you're just doing it because you actually care and want to help more people. Well, and you're kind of just training them too. And they're, so that it's becoming a habit for them as well. So it's not just a habit for you to ask. It becomes a habit for them to refer over time. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry. Go no, go for but it. I, I, I just, it's, it's building a culture, right? Getting more introductions is not just about asking. It's a culture. It's a culture of being more referable. It's a culture of value. It's a lot of different things that go into it. And the asking and asking the right way is a piece of the culture as well. And, and I'm not suggesting you ask every client every single time. Uh, then you'll be like my dog that never wanted to get in the car because <laughs> getting in the car meant going to the vet, right? So you don't do that. Uh, but, you, you know, you do it often enough. And when someone's willing to do it once or twice, they're willing to do it another time, especially when you come prepared, especially when we have an idea su to suggest. What they don't like is, you know, who do you know? I can't really think of anyone. Okay, never mind. Right? That that doesn't work so well. It's but when you come prepared, it really works. And and this practice thing, I mean, I, some people may bristle at the idea of practice role play. Right? People don't like to do this. It, it is a little uncomfortable, especially if you're not particularly good at business improvisation. Um, but I mean, look at look at the military and how the military trains all the time. Why do they do that? Well, they do that because in the heat of battle. They don't want people to revert to their fear. They want people to revert to their training. In a sense, their training becomes the comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. we, in the heat of battle, we will revert to our comfort zone. Well, if you've upped that comfort zone and the comfort zone is what will produce results and feels natural, then you revert to that. 
but if you, um, you know, if you haven't had that training, then you won't. And so it, I found it takes most people about six, seven times of going through the process to kind of get to that place of comfort and naturalness. Some people take longer. Some people get it pretty quickly. They're, they're naturals. Uh, but it, 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 without question, practice is the most underutilized and most important aspect of all aspects of our business, right? Because that's what builds confidence. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we are successful if we feel confident in all the different aspects of our business, not just referrals and introductions. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on a couple of things there that I think, you know, pulling out, we've, we've said confidence several times and now we've said practice, but are there other attributes to success that you've seen from advisors who really learn how to, to make referrals a good part of their, uh, their practice? Yeah, and we've kind of covered these, but um, I, I knew this question was coming in, in all honesty to, to people listening. So let me just kind of make sure we cover these things properly. So what is working? What do I see out there working, right? And why do people get a lot of introductions and, and some without even asking, right? So the first thing that comes to mind is that passion about the value, almost, almost a mission-driven type of business where, where we really feel passionate about bringing the value to other people, that client-focused why. You know, your, your, your mission for your business. If you've developed a mission for your business, uh, hopefully your mission is very client focused. It's all about bringing the value. In fact, your client focused why and your mission could easily be the same thing. So you see that a lot. People like to be part of that. They like to be part of something bigger. Um, Having a really good client service promise in place, client service model. I like the word client service promise because in the word promise is really the word commitment. And so having that, and and that's one way, by the way, to distinguish yourself from uh, other advisors. One advisor that I have been working with for 10 years, this advisor has over a billion dollars under management. Uh, His his name is Al. I won't give his last name, but he usually doesn't mind, but I just won't do it. Nonetheless, uh, Al, um, one of the things he does is when he's sitting with a prospective client who's probably interviewing maybe one or two other advisors because these are well-heeled people. They want to make sure they find the right match. And he's saying, look, should we work together? Let me tell you how we're going to stay in touch, what it's going to look like. And so he starts to delineate his client service model, his client service promise. And he says, in almost every time the, the, the prospect's jaw drops, he says, wait a second, this is how you've been staying with my friend Rick this entire time. My, only time I hear from my advisor is when I call him, I think, right? So this is having this, this is what makes you referable and super referable. Uh, we talked a little bit about being clear, right? Clear on who you serve the best and then educating your referral sources. You may not ask everybody for introductions because you may only want A, A plus uh, from now on in your, in your business. And if that's true, then you're probably going to want to ask the A and A plus people because people do tend to refer lateral and down on the economic ladder. So being clear and educating people on who you serve the best, right? Who you bring your best value to. Asking in the right way, as we've, we've already covered a little bit, having that, um, you know, a lot of people when, so here's another team I was focused, uh, actually they, they got win, uh, John. So this is a thank you to you. Uh, and it was a referral from, from Ray Kelly. Uh, they got wind of the work we were doing. And so they say, we want to do what Cutton's doing. Whatever Cutton's doing, we want to do it. We want the same package. <laughs> Just give it to us, right? Okay. That, that works for me, right? And so um, they thought they were asking for introductions. 
mm-hmm. when they started. They but they said it wasn't really working very well. You know, we're asking. It's just, and so when I had them show me what they were doing, they weren't really asking. They were actually promoting. Mm-hmm. They were doing what most advisors say, hey, we're never too busy to see if we can help others. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but it's not going to really create the, the level that you, you want. So not asking in the right way, not getting connected, right? Not getting introduced. The ones who are doing it well are, are working on the connection, right? That, that's, that's a place where it gets stuck for a lot of people. They find clients that are willing to make the connections or they have centers of influence who talk about us, but don't make the connection. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are doing well are making sure the connections get made. Uh, and then the last item real quick, is just having a great way to express our value. The, the, the best advisors talk about their value in a way that's relevant, it's meaningful, it's client focused. Um, they, they, they've learned from the referral source what's going on in George and Martha's life and and so they make sure the introduction and then the follow-up is totally relevant to George and Martha. So they'll be interested in what you have to say. If someone's working with an advisor and they're kind of happy, kind of not, maybe they're neutral, but they haven't been introduced to someone else they can trust yet, they'll just out of inertia stay who they're working with. But if they get contacted by someone who talks about what they do in, in a way that's so relevant and just sparks interest, they will have that conversation. And those are people that can be rescued from your competitors. So these are the things that people are doing well who have built this culture and, and, and created what I call exponential growth because serving your clients well, as you have to do, and I'm sure many folks listening to this are doing, will create incremental growth. But if you wanna create exponential growth, if you, you gotta think in terms of multiplying your best clients right? Multiplication growth. Now it's being proactive. It's leveraging that great value in an appropriate way. Yeah. If I, if I can just uh, so many good points in there, Bill, Um, I'm going to go back to something that you started with, which helped me and my team connected a little bit. One of the things that you started with kind of a step one is Mm -hmm. having a mission, right? A Mm -hmm. mission and a vision for your business, which very much ties into the DNA of kind of my leadership culture and my organization. Um, when, when you as the advisor start to actually understand how valuable what you do for clients is, it kind of goes back to where I started with Bill being the SHIT, right? But, but when, when you, sometimes you hear, I heard vision, mission, values for years. Right. And what I heard was the old kind of Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. And it, it actually, when you understand how important the work is that you do for your clients and the true mm-hmm. value that you provide, we think what we do is simple as advisors, but we have this knowledge and experience that most Americans don't have, and that's why they engage us. Mm-hmm. So we do make a meaningful difference in folks' lives. And when you start to think about referrals and introductions as, as a way to grow your business, it seems like a dirty word. But when you start to actually think about your calling as actually helping more people get what you're good at and giving that advice, the way you present it to clients and the confidence that you have starts to become really comfortable and mm-hmm. starts to really resonate with your clients. As long as it comes from a good place, 
-hmm. And what you're really, you're really asking because you want to help more people. Now it's okay if by helping more people, you help yourself and your family and you grow your income and your net worth and all that kind of good stuff. It's okay if you actually do that. So I wanted to share that. And the other piece that I just wanted to share as I was listening is, um, Again, I keep quoting Ray, so he's obviously a pretty important guy in my life um, yeah. from a leadership perspective and mentorship perspective. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot, he has this saying, he talks about simple, complex, simple, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can think about it, um, Shen, maybe we could put, put a little, uh, little something out with this chart. It's really simple. Just think about a, a mountain or a bell curve, right? Starting at the bottom, and you kind of build this curvy mountain, right? And you know the saying is basically on the left side of this mountain, the bottom left, if you could picture it, you've got the word simple, right? On the bottom right of the mountain, you also have the word simple. Mm-hmm. In between the mountain, you have the word complex, right? So what it really means is an idea, any idea, in this case, it could be building a completely referral-based business, seems pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. But when you get into the weed, there is some complexity in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to the other side and you actually understand why you're doing it, right? How to actually do it, the tactics, and you get that process, it becomes really simple on the other side of complexity. So the saying that Ray uses is I wouldn't give a um, fig for simplicity on the near side of complexity, but I give my right arm for simplicity on the far side of complexity. Mm. A way of just basically saying, if we all just step back for a minute, we all know building your business through introductions and referrals is the most efficient, most profitable way to do it. But there is a little complexity, right? Mm -hmm. And Bill, I don't even know if Bill is as aware as maybe he should be, um, a little shameless selling again, and how simple he's made it that you just have to follow the process <laughs> and it works. And the good news is I know this because like Bill, I, many of you know, I coach lots of advisors on, on how to partner with CPA firms. It's so simple for me on how to do it because I screwed it up for so long and watched <laughs> and listened to other advisors who struggled and made mistakes along the way like I did. Bill has you know, talk to, I mean, thousands of advisors, Bill. I don't know if you know how many, but it's got to be thousands, maybe tens of thousands of advisors. He's heard every mistake in the book and he's perfected it into something that is eloquently simple that you just need to follow the steps and it works. So I don't like the sell as everyone knows on this podcast, but we're foolish. I've got the curse of knowledge on this one why not just follow a simple process to figure out how to grow your business the most efficiently way possible? I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and, you know, maybe you've made those mistakes. I, I, I've made the mistakes too. So, you know, we've all made the mistakes. And so I've learned from, from myself and, and I, there's not a thing uh, I teach that I haven't done myself. Uh, and I've, you know, obviously learned a lot of best practices from folks along the way. So I, you know, I appreciate you saying that it's, it's having a system, it's having the right system. And I'm not saying mine's the only system. There's a lot of other systems out there, and, but it's execution and doing it. And, right, so that's, that's really what it's all about. 
Well, and I love too that you talked about making it personal. So you're drawing that connection to who you are, what you do, who you serve, but also personalizing it for the person on the other end. And I think that takes the selling out of it as well when you really truly are thinking about the other person, what's the value and what's the service to them. Um, and I, yeah, I, that just was something that resonated with me and every, I mean, there were a lot of things that resonated with me with what you said, but that was something too, that comes down a lot, especially from being the marketing and communications person that I'm always trying to, how can we really make our messaging more, um, targeted for who we actually serve? Who do we actually want to serve? That's usually where I come in and start, um, with any new engagement is who are we actually serving? And Right. Rarely do they know who that is, or it's kind of the everybody, well, you can't be everything to everyone. So who are you really? And who is that for? Um, so uh, yeah, all of that stuff, just really great nuggets there back to back. Um, I know we're running out of some time. I don't know if you have a, a last kind of key takeaway or piece of advice for our advisors before we wrap up. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd say um, <clears throat> these days, for most people to uh, achieve the maximum success, and there there are some exceptions. Clearly, if you look look around in the industry, a lot of the top folks um, have or are starting to look for a niche, a target market, and so that's that's what a lot of my coaching has been around lately because people are realizing that to differentiate themselves and to bring more real value, it's both. Uh, when you target a market, and this could be employees in a large company, uh, Luke is an advisor in uh, Cincinnati. His focus is Procter and Gamble. He's staked his career and done very well there uh, with employees in a large company. It could be uh, universities, could be professors and administrators. It could be uh, business owners in a similar industry, right? So uh, something for, I wanna encourage people to move in that direction if you haven't already, because you bring more real value. You can determine the, the folk. It's easier to figure out who you're trying to serve. Uh, sometimes I call this reputation marketing because you really are beginning to create a reputation in a target market. And it's much easier. This, this is going from prospecting to marketing. You see, most people in this business get taught how to prospect. You get taught how to ask for referrals. You get taught how to call leads. You get taught how to go network at events and all that sort of stuff, right? That's kind of a outward stroke prospecting. Very few actually get taught how to market and how to draw people to you and draw the right people to you. That's all about marketing. Prospecting will never go away. There's always a piece of it involved. But so, and that's what going after a target market will do for you. That's one, one point I wanted to make sure I, I put into the conversation. So thank you. No, absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. Very, very much along like what you talked about, that radical relevance is- right is having a very clear targeted message for a very clear target market. Right. Um, so with that in mind, um, I'm pretty sure our audience is going to want to connect with you and learn <laughs> more about you. Where can they do that? How can they find you online? How can they get more resources from you? Oh, shucks. I bet you asked that all the fellas. Let's see. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind so, of my job. <laughs> it is. I appreciate it. Well, uh, a few things uh, real quick. I, I, I got a free guide for everybody. If they want this, this is a nice way to kind of, it kind of blends my stuff around referrals, introductions, and radical relevance all together. And if you just go to exponentialgrowthguide.com, exponentialgrowthguide.com, uh, 
the book, Radical Relevance. If you go to radicalrelevancebook.com, I mean, you could go to Amazon, but if you want to look, read a little more, it's a kind of a fun little video, uh, radicalrelevancebook.com. Uh, and then my website is referralcoach.com. Bill at referralcoach, bill at referralcoach.com. Shoot me a message. Tell me that you, you heard about me from, from John and Shenandoah and, you know, would love to see if I can be of any service to you. So thank you. Well, hey, Bill, before you wrap things up, Shen, um, thank you for being a guest. Um, you did an outstanding job. Thanks for all you've done you uh, for my team uh, and your mentorship. And um, you are the shit, Bill Cates. So with that, <laughs> back over to Shenandoah. I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah, you've got that official endorsement there. And, and I, I definitely was taking lots of notes. I haven't had the pleasure of, of being on one of the referral coaching sessions yet. Um, but I was taking lots of notes. I'm sure I'll be employing some of these tactics later and I look forward to reading your book. So I also appreciate having you on. Um, We'll put all of the links that you gave us to that free guide, which is amazing, your book and your website um, in the show notes. Everyone can find that there. And we hope you all join us again next week for our next exciting guest. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.